Welcome to uh, How to Stay Married So Far podcast. And welcome if you're watching us on YouTube. For those of um, you listening on the podcast, I'm looking at myself and I'm beginning to realise all men at some point grow, their noses just continue to grow, don't they? They say that, beginning, don't they? Beginning to get a, an older man's nose. Oh, Mark, that's no, your body I'm beginning to look at my face and I'm beginning to think that my nose isn't the nose I was born with. Give you two minutes looking into a mirror and you will find something. Horrendous. That's the only thing seconds. I hate about these podcasts is that I can see myself. It's so annoying. Well, just look at me. I, I do. You don't need to look in the camera. Yeah, all right. Okay, so if you're on, um, <laughs> listening on podcasts... I think a few people listen to, to us YouTube. on the tube. Do you listen to us on the tube? If you're listening to us on the tube... What are you saying? We're still here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and if you're listening to us on podcasts, go over to YouTube and tell us what you think about Mark's nose, whether it grows... No, no, don't. Please don't. Whether it... No, don't, don't, so it don't say anything, please. I beg end. of you, say nothing about my nose. By the end of the podcast. So, please, if you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell because we do offer so much different content on this channel and if you've got that notification bell you will be told so last week we did a whole load of family vlogging yeah. on our glamping trip which was huge fun yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and i think yeah. a lot of people really enjoyed it yeah. um, but also a few people have complained that they haven't been notified when we've gone live so what oh. you have to do is unsubscribe and then resubscribe and re-click oh. your notification book sometimes it kind of there's a bit of a glitch there that kicks in. Um, just a little incidental piece of trivia. The three things on a man that continue growing throughout their life are the nose, yeah. the size of their ears, and I think we've discussed this before, their scrotum. But not their penis. Sadly not. <laughs> Sadly not. Though at the moment I feel if I just grafted my nose to my crutch, it'd be rather good. <laughs> Everyone's happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know what we're talking about today. It's Mark's turn to yeah. um, surprise me with something. Surprise, well, infuriate or sadden me. We shall see. Well, it's a very sensitive subject. I mean, the story of Gary Speed, the oh. Welsh football player, yeah. manager who sadly killed himself um, in 2011. Uh, his parents, I think, have, and the family have published a book and they're just sort of talking about the reliving the horrors of the moment, specifically, you know, when his wife found him and um, the sadness and trying to still, still to this day, work out what it was that actually led to his suicide. Mm -hmm. And I think that, the, you know, the most sort of um, telling part of that was, uh, is the fact that they, you know, they still have no answers. They know mm -hmm. that he suffered from depression, but without answers, it's like they can't grieve. And... It's that terrible thing. It just led me to think about, you know, how our families dealt with my depression and how, on a, not on a knife edge we always are, but how important it is to attend to these things and talk about these things so that you don't find yourself tipping towards a point where you make really rash and irreversible decisions. And I know that you've experienced, you know, you've had experience of these things. Um, I've, I haven't ever experienced it. I've experienced many people die, sadly, too young, but I've never experienced anyone commit suicide. Um, but suicidal thoughts and all that sort of stuff and, and, and sitting with depression, I'd imagine, yes, there's the issue for the person who's feeling depressed, 
And, and you often hear it said that there's a sort of selfishness around the person who does kill themselves or, or is indulging in depression or whatever it is. Yeah, really cross about that. Yeah, and, and, uh, and I think, you know, my, my take on that was, and I used, to, I used to have that thought, but, you know, I think you have, to, you have to accept that having experienced what I've experienced just through the sort of the dark, dark, dark periods that I go through and can go through and feel... There are points where rational thinking and rational behaviour go out of the window, and this is where it is a mental illness. Mm. And this is where, I mean, if, it is a, if we consider it an illness, it's like if you've got diabetes, you can't just by willpower stop the diabetes mm. happening. And I think equally, if something's compelling you, and I, I, I've, I've always believed, for example, that addiction, an extreme addiction, is a form of slow suicide. You're, you're, you're killing yourself slowly because actually the thought of doing it quite suddenly is quite hard. And I don't think people are sort of braver for doing it or more selfish for doing it when they do commit suicide. Mm. I just think there is a, they have more, they maybe have had a more acute moment of breakdown where all the barriers to prevent it from happening have flooded in. Mm. And I think, if I'm honest, when I think about the periods in my life where I've felt like that, it frightens me. What does frighten me about all of it is that there are moments where you're not in control of what making the right decision is. Mm. Um, and then, so, that's the, that's the me bit, that's the depressive. But then, of course, you know, this book being written today, Jesus Christ, what absolute fucking clusterfuck for the family. Contending with this possibility and contending with it knowing or having had experience elsewhere of it happening. Well, as you know, me and my family have been touched a number of times, very sadly, by suicide. And I never talk about any of that because I want to respect the families and the people. The other people that were very close to them. But... Something that maddens me more than anything else is when people say that somebody's been selfish. Because <laughs> that's, that's saying like something that is a rational thought and it's not rational. Mm. I mean, you know, time and time again, in this country we have a terrifying rate of suicide in young men, terrifying rate. And do people really think that those men that are taking their lives are doing that as a selfish act mm. to hurt somebody else. They're in their darkest, deepest depths of, of fear, horror, loathing. And many of them believe that they are doing the right thing for the people that they love mm. because they don't want to put the person that they love or the people that they love in that position of having to, you know, deal with them or whatever, you know, so... Oh my God, my heart goes out, out to this family. It really, really does. Because, yeah, that need for answers will never, you know, will never end. No. That need for answers. But moving on from that and talking more directly about depression and living with depression in a marriage, mm. I... Because you earlier, you described yourself as a depressive, and I never think of you like that, mm. because depression is part, is a part of who you are. Mm. And you, you know, as people see on our social media, whether it's Instagram or YouTube or whatever, 
that is what you are so much of the time. You're incredibly smart, you're incredibly funny, you have incredible energy and power and enthusiasm and you're the cleverest person I know, you're the most able person I know. You have, you know, you're just... You are just an extraordinary person and part of what you are or part of part of you is that gr grossly unfair is that you have a mental you have mental health i don't even want to say see i'm picking my way around it what have you got you i don't even want to say any illness because then i I know what I mean when I say you have a mental illness, but it's what everybody else thinks when I say mm. that word. It's thinking about how the papers would pick out that line and say, you know, Nadia's husband has a mental illness and then what everybody else thinks. And yet I know I must say it because it's so important to say it because there's no shame in it and there should be no yeah. flaming taboo to it. Yeah. But you're, this part of you, but how do we know how much of that is also what drives what's brilliant about you as well? well. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the fact that you have depression sometimes completely overwhelms me, if I'm honest. And sometimes I can't distinguish what is okay and what's not okay. And that's when sometimes I think I want to go back to having therapy because sometimes I feel like I've lost myself in rescuing you or, you know, if you come down and you're having a bad day, my day is then I'm, I'm focused on how I can help put you back on the right track, how I can help you feel positive, what words of motivation or what, how I can hug you or how I can do that. And I will lose every bit of issue that I have in myself that day that goes out of the window. But where does that go? Where does my sadness or my anxiety or my stuff go? And it gets packed and packed and packed away. Um, but we know, I mean, I am a diagnosed rescuer. That's what I am. There's nearly always, if somebody's an addict, there is, their partner is a rescuer. Mm. But also because I've had tragedy around me, not that I ever... I do not believe for one second, let's make this really clear for the sake of you, our friends, our family, our children, I do never, I, I never think that you would commit suicide. We're not talking about that. But I do sometimes worry about when you cross a dick to work and I think, okay, he's working really hard. He's working pretty much around the clock. So how much is he looking after his mental health, what kind of a crash can he have? It's been going so well, you've come off the antidepressants now for what, seven, eight months? No, four months. Oh, is it four, is it only four months? Oh, it feels longer than that. Um, and so again, you're asking me how I'm, how it is for me, and I'm talking about how it is for you. So I think that, and I'm sure if anybody's listening now, who is in a marriage with somebody that's depression, I wonder if that chimes with you, I wonder if, it's interesting though, but, but just with it, I mean, some of the thoughts that I'm taking from that, and I'm sort of cherry Sorry, pick, so cherry picking points that you made. Um, you know, one of the things that Gary Speed's parents talk about is the fact that you know they remember laughing with him, and I remember there being a story um, 
not too long ago, about six months ago, I think there was the lead singer of a band, maybe our subscribers could remind me, I think it might have been a Welsh band, and the guy with a drummer in a band or something, no, it wasn't, he was American, he, he killed himself, and anyway, and there was a film uploaded by his, oh, his I saw family, it. Yeah. of him laughing. He was a footballer. Was he? Yeah, he was a big sportsman. He was laughing with his family they the night before. Snap they were playing or Snap or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, the, and then what was so moving was the disbelief amongst all the people who'd been with him that night. And what really, really, really frightened me about that and really upset me and distressed me, and I didn't talk about it at the time, was I could really relate to the extent to which, you know, we talk about fantasists and how they're not really, a fantasist isn't a liar. They believe the truth yeah. of what it is they're, they're fantasizing. There's a bit of that that goes on in mood enhancement in public. You know, mm. I can fantasize, I can, like a fantasist would, I can believe myself into, mm. yeah, and what, I can do. What? Do you know that I do that all the time? Oh, no, 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 I, I think we I, all I do it. I'm not saying, no, no, People I'm not suggesting it's unique. I'm not suggesting it's unique at all. No, 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 but what I'm saying is. No, the I'm reason I'm saying is that is I do, I understand it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, yeah. I get it. But I, th I think on a more fundamental level that there's only a limited number of what they call masking techniques yeah. that we can use to hide things. And Before because we're a human up. with a head and a nose, unfortunately, yeah. the size of mine today. It's growing every minute. Every minute. Um, <laughs> you know, one can only operate within the parameters of this. And it just struck me. I thought, yes, that I relate to that. Again, not saying I wanted to kill myself, but I'm, no. you know, very much looking at it, thinking the face and the front bears no relationship mm. whatsoever. Yeah. To, and it's just like, as with you, it doesn't bear a relationship to the truth of you. And it, as it does with all of us, we have a responsibility if we're sociable to be yeah. things for people. We we are, we under, I understand that. But when the parents said that, you know, he would laugh a lot and all of that, and I, I was led to think, well, yeah, well, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, for example, in our household, you probably got a good sense of this. Go and watch all of our vlogs if you want a sense of it. I look at them and I cringe because I just think, see hyperactive me, like an enormous child. And then I think of the quiet, quietude and the quiet moments that surround me at other times. I, I'm gonna say something really, I don't mean this to sound bad, but I am constantly trying 500% to stay as close to that for everyone in the family as I can. Because if I stop, I, I can't. I, I can't see how I could start again. And when when you say those things of when you come down, I don't know how to. I feel like I do feel that sometimes there's there's a. I have a fear and a burden of. There's a wait. There's a waiting game going on for when it dissipates and oh, when's when's the actual real depressed mark going to kick in? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because we're talking about how it impacts on the family around when somebody suffers from depression and. I would say I'm almost doing the same thing because I feel you drop. If ever I'm sad or I'm down or I'm mm. worried about something, I feel you get very almost irritated by that. It's like our dynamic is so set in that you're the one that gets depressed or you're the one that has to override how you're feeling and be a certain something mm. and that that's very exhausting for you because, you know, thinking... Totally, this is how, but this, if we're talking about how it is for the family, mm. and I'm sure a lot of couples are going to resonate, because mm. this is going to resonate mm. for them and say, the depressed one doesn't realise how much 
the other one has to do that. Has to do the same thing. Because I'm balancing yeah. it as well. I'm going, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. right, okay, so, right, oh, I do feel a bit down, but Mark actually has depression. I feel a bit down, so therefore my feeling downness doesn't never really. Compare. It's like I said something to yeah, you the other day, yeah. and I said, oh, I'm really, I'm really, um, I think sometimes you don't see the signs that I'm asking for your support. And I think, again, that's because I do push away support a lot. And we talked about this in a previous mm. podcast, actually, and you said, I don't think I actually ever, you said, I don't think I actually look into why you feel stressed. Mm. I just say, oh, you're stressed. You said it in a podcast a few weeks ago, and it was really nice. It was really mm. nice to hear you have my feelings validated when you said that. But... For instance, last week I said, oh God, I'm really nervous about next week because this week I've got lots of things that I'm doing that are really like out of my comfort zone and I feel really nervous. Mm. And you said, oh, you say that every week. You've got a bad week every week. And I just sort of walked out of the room. You didn't mean it nastily, but I, I went up and I, if we're talking really honestly about what's like living with somebody with depression, anxiety, I thought, there's just no space mm. for me to say I feel fucking terrified, I'm anxious, yeah. I'm really depressed, I'm barely coping, I'm pretending everything's fine, but actually I'm really in a thing. So then I have to hide it, and then everybody says to me, well, you're a bit weird, I can feel there's something a bit weird about you. Yeah. But I don't think there's, I don't feel there's the space for me to say. Okay, well, I hear that. <laughs> but it's interesting that you said that a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? You said, yeah, I mean, I, I, say, I remember. You said to me, I actually hear that, Nigel, and you said, I do just say to you, you're stressed, but, and you went, like you had an epiphany, you said, but I never actually questioned as to why you are. And I really liked that you'd said that, and it made me feel really good. Mm. And, and this morning, or yesterday, I'm trying when to you think said, what I can say now that'll make you feel really it good. It was like yesterday <laughs> when you said that to me, ah, oh, well, you I always really have bad a bad week. That, and yeah. I actually thought, and what I should have done with couples counselling, what I should have done was said to you... Fuck off. No. I should have said to you, do you know what, Mark? Do you remember last week when you said, da, 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 da. This is one of those occasions where I'd like you, instead of just going, yeah, well, you always yeah. have a bad week. I'd like you to go, oh, why? What yeah. are you feeling? Because yeah. that's what I would have done with you. Yeah, I agree. Said, well, I and then do. I would have said to you, right, let's break it down. So you've got this. Well, look at it. This is really good. You're doing this. Blah, 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 blah. I, don't I like unpacking. So, well, we did a bit of that this morning. I was unpacking the situation. For I, I like, I like it. You're right. I should have done, and that was probably no, no. It's not should because I hate no, that. No, no, word no, should. no. But I, I remember saying it, and I don't. Rem and I remember thinking probably at the time. <laughs> not following through with it. <laughs> what? I remember saying. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I remember saying to you, or you always, and I thought I'm, when I said every week you, is is you are a dramatic person but then i thought so it's the same for me every well, that, well as i was yeah, going yeah. up the stairs i, I thought, thought my god pop calling kettle black no what can i just say well, almost no sooner had it come out than i thought that was unnecessary i genuinely did i genuinely thought that but because of the movement of life and you were upstairs for a bit and things went on i didn't get a chance to back reference it but i hear you and i and it's still something that one needs to attend to. i can i can hear how i can only assume that yes people for example, I think, listen, I think, and I'm going to say something really contentious oh here. God. Depression is a real thing, right? And it is a terrifying thing. And I would, oh my God, my heart breaks that you have it. And for anyone else I care about that's had it or has it, but it is a hungry beast. Mm. It is a hungry beast mm. for those around. Mm. And yesterday, when you said that to me, when you went, oh, well, every week's back, and the kids were there, and I was thinking, you know what, they see me reach out to you all the time. For want of a better, 
okay, rescue, that's the really negative term, but also really support you. I don't want to, everything I do isn't just I'm a rescuer, it's because I support mm. you and I understand what you have and I adore you and I see that what's brilliant about you. And I would have liked for the girls to see you do that for me. And in fact, I just felt a bit silly that I'd said to you I was worried about my week. Mm. And that was the hungry beast of depression because it was like, actually, well, actually, I'm having a really bad day and actually I've got anxiety and actually I don't know why I'm a bit overwhelmed. I've had this homeopathic remedy and I'm feeling... So there's no space. Mm. If you're having a bad time, there's no space for anyone else to feel anything. Okay. And I understand that's because it's black dog and it's black hole and I get it and I don't resent you for it, but sometimes I'm overwhelmed by it. Not often, but sometimes I go... Where am I? I feel like I'm drowning a bit in it. I was like, who am I? Where am I? What am I? And what is my part? If Mark suddenly disappeared off the face of the earth, how do I manage this stuff? Hmm. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because as you're saying that, and I hear you, and I'll think about that, and I'll... I mean, it's trite to sit here and say yeah no 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 but it's pretty yeah. pretty huge what you've just said um so when you say that's huge well what it's you a said, massive it's a, it's a massive break that down well it's clearly a massive oversight on my behalf it's a classic obviously my general behavior is hoovering up energy and and attention away this is hang classic on. No, no 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 hang on let me finish this is classic Go you on, you don't let me finish Go on. And it, you know, the, the idea being that I get it, depression is a, a massive, like, you know, the addict, the, the, the hum of the addict, it's a hoovering thing. But the way you've just described it sounds like you're all giving and I'm all taking again. And we've had this conversation and I don't see our relationship like that. I don't well, think we would sustain would ourselves say, if we were I would were say like that's that. grossly unfair. And what I would say is you would have to go back and you would have to watch this. I started off by saying how extraordinary. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about No, no, no. I'm talking about, I'm not being defensive. No, no, about let this. me finish because just... I just listened to you. Let me finish. You've just done what, what loads of people do that are married, what I do when we're having a discussion, what you do, and what every other married person or person in a relationship is going to, is going to have heard this so perfectly. I voiced what I said, what I had to, what I was feeling, and you immediately said, well, obviously this is a massive thing and I'm hoovering everything. I didn't say that. I said it's one part of a whole load of other yeah, but, things that's but, amazing. But, let me be clear. I don't think it's a massive thing that is all consuming all the time, every day. I do not think that I'm the one that's all giving and you're all taking. I said, when this rises up, I feel like no, that, but it's not all the but time. I would say that they're like the yin and the yang of every puzzle. And you often hear it said that, you know, there are two sides to an argument and all this kind of shit. And you go to couples counselling and the great thing about couples counselling is that, it, you know, the great thing about couples counselling is if it's a good couples counsellor is they give mm. complete equality happen. to both opinions, regardless of where, of where they're coming from, regardless of what each partner in the, in the exchange feels the edge is or the agenda is or whatever, they give validity to both. And all I would say in answer to that is, I hear you, and I will, I will think about what, what you've just said, because the two examples of the situation that we're in, I hope that you always know I'm the kind of guy to, if something's said to me, and if something's drawn to my attention, I'll always look at it. I will always look at yeah, it. I've been do. trained in recovery and sobriety 
to, okay, maybe not right at the very moment of it being brought mm. to your attention, but I will always go away and examine and interrogate how I could have done that better. How, what I would say in answer to that, though, is that I do sometimes feel equally that it's a rhythm that we've both got into and that we can both get into, mm. where Absolutely. there's as much as I do push out and, and almost, if you like, emotionally land grab for a bit more, for a bit more, for a bit more because of this hungry beast of kind of insecurity, of depression, all that. It drives me fucking nuts. I wish I, I was. Know. I wish I wasn't I fucking know. like you that. You want to be free of I'm, it. I'm constantly wanting to pull. It's all about intention. I'm constantly wanting to pull myself back from malicious. it. But equally, I think that rhythm and of expectation also sits on your side, where you're assuming things, or it's easy to assume, and that's no criticism. And that I can understand why you assume I'm in this mood, or you assume that. The, when sometimes and very often I'm not. When I feel I'm achieving remarkable things quietly, silently in my art, in my head, maybe not expressed on my face. They can be the occasions when there's a total mismatch between how I'm feeling and how, but how you people. and how the girls. Mm. And those are the moments when I feel most crestfallen because I feel like I want to privately get mm. on with this shit as much as I can because I don't actually want to be parking it in the mm. centre of the room all the time. And, and I then think when even I without depression, that's the normal ebb and flow. It's a very, very difficult thing to live with another adult. To live with another human being takes a lot of work. Energies don't meet in the same mm. way. Like some, like just earlier when I came in and I was actually really buzzing because I'd got over something that I was really worrying about, so I had a high energy. Went, you're very manic. Well, yeah, that's probably how it felt. But actually, I was quite enjoying that energy, and then that energy has to be stopped. Your intention isn't bad. My intention isn't bad. It's just the it's just the complication of people living together. But there is a that's why so many people just give up and walk out of a house and slam the door and get preferential and get preferential treatment. Like most people assume, sunny weather is better than bad weather. Most people assume that being in a great happy mood is always better than not being smiley and everything. I do well, feel I that mean, there. Are, well, no, nothing no, no, can no, be no. one thing. I mean, anyone. No, no, no. Thinks nothing could be one thing. Great. But I do do. There is. I mean, I'm not saying this is the case with you, but I do feel at times there is a slight tyranny of happiness where you're kind of like look I am what I am you are what you are we both sometimes meet meet at the same place I can be as silly as the next person sometimes when I'm so silly you all want me to stop so there are times I'm constantly finding the edge of where it's right to be as whatever I know I, I know I know for, I know for example I that I know for example that life goes much more smoothly in this house if I'm sillier Rather than sometimes I want to, I do want to, I do just sit in the car and cry. I will take, you know, you don't know how often I take that away. I don't I share it, I don't that. talk I about it. I envy that. I envy that you can sit in a car yeah, I know. and cry. You, uh, I, I, I think that's good. I think that's brilliant. I think more people should do that. I think people wouldn't go as nuts if they did actually cry. And I think that everything that we're saying is just... It's just what a relationship, a real relationship is. Mm. It's about finding those ways. Where do I step to one side? Where do I step forward? It's a dance. But going back, it? going back to the family thing and how it impacts on families, you get, you know, for example, the girls love me when I'm in a silly mood. I, 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 I think it's the extremes though, Don. If I, if I can just pause you here, you know, this is, we are talking about depression and living with the... Mm. I know you're taking everything I'm saying personally, but I'm trying to be really honest about talking about the specifics of depression. I'm talking about mm. you as a whole person or our whole marriage. You know, mm. that the title of the podcast is that. Mm. You know, so when I'm saying these things, you've got to not take it personally. You think I'm talking about you every minute of our relationship because I'm not. 
I think what the girls talk about when they talk about, and it's not true that we the house is only good when you're really high. When you're really high, sometimes it can be really nerve-wracking because I don't know how low you're going to crash. Mm. You know, I quite like it when you're I like it when you're just quite. I like all the things that you are. I love all the things that you are. I think what we're talking about is when you go very high and then you go very low, which mm. I think again, anyone with depression understands. And we try and find a way around it because we know it's not your fault. But that's what's confusing for children. I think anybody here that's a child, because we know a lot of younger people listen to this. The child of, of, of somebody that suffers with depression, your mum suffered with depression. You knew what that felt like as a child. No, but 90% I mean... of the time, your girls are totally happy and they have the best father mm. in the whole world. So we're talking about a teeny bit, a teeny, teeny bit, because we're talking about depression. Mm. If we were sitting here talking about you as a father, this the depression bit would be a very tiny bit of this mm. conversation. So no, you know, no, no, you've no, got no. to. I get that. I get that. I mean, I suppose the other thing that the Gary Speed story throws up, maybe this is another podcast, is why why there is a prevalence of men who who why why men of a particular age struggle so profoundly. And I mean, I, mean, I have so many the, thoughts the on that. The thing is, the figures are not improving. So you know, the people. I think statistics I think for the last year did go down. It's just so much. Experience of men and you know when you think of what the par- Gary's parents are saying you know that he, he wasn't they didn't know so mm. men are expected you know if I feel down I can ring a girlfriend I can even go into work tomorrow and there are at least four or five people that I 100% trust that I could st- have a conversation with and, and take off my mask as I go down the corridor, hello, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, great, yeah, kids are great. And I can go, do you know what? I woke up this morning and I feel like absolute poop. And they go, oh God, really, why? Mm. And that, I don't think men yet have that in the same way that women do. I think the issue for men is men don't have it even when they think they have it. Because it happens often around drink, it often happens around external things. Yeah, you see, I don't have to have a drink to tell my friend. In fact, if I'm drinking, I'm going to be laughing and joking and happy. Yeah. I never yeah. talk to my surface. friends when I'm drinking yeah. about big problems. I talk about it. You know, I'm thinking of Lisa, you know, lovely Lisa. The other day, she texted me out of the blue and I was going into work and I was, I'd masked all the way through the... Mm. And she just called me at just the right time. She went, all right. I said, no, I'm not. And I've got a meeting in 10 minutes because I'm there. She came down into the dressing room, Lisa, I love you. And with her great big boots, I let myself just lie on her boobs. She just cuddled me and I just just spurted everything out that I was feeling, just like a child. She stroked my head and I felt like a million bucks. I felt like I could get on with the day and everything. But Lisa's very good at that. I'd like that with Lisa. But how many men have got that? Oh, well, I've never rested my head on a male chest. You rest them on mine. Spurted out my Everybody needs a bosom for a pillow. Everybody needs a bosom. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, it's doubly difficult, you know. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, if I think about my... I've I've never had... You know, men just wouldn't be like that. Just... I just... I've never... I've never... I mean, maybe we're wrong. Maybe it's our generation. I'd love to hear some comments below. If there's any men that say, do you know what... Actually, I'm really sick of people always saying this about men. I have a friendship or I have a group of friends where I can be... Because maybe in the ne- in I the notice a lot more below, sensitivity in the boys of Maddie's yeah, peer group. Yeah, they talk about their And I've, I've kind of employed a couple of them on, on jobs, and, and so they'll know who I'm talking about. But there's a sort of... They're boyish, they're boys, don't get me wrong. But there's also... 
it's almost like their generation has had to get in touch with slightly more emotional stuff. I mean, my generation is the 70s generation. I mean, I was quite in touch with, but I mean, I don't know. But I, you know it, what it is, Mark? Like a, a bloke, whether it's a young man or a bloke, they'll say, they'll, they can say, oh God, yeah, my friend. I'm thinking of one particular person, so I'm talking around it because I don't want them to be identified. But somebody I know in my family, a boy, said to me, told me something massive about a friend of his. And I was like, oh my God. And I immediately had four or five questions. So, da da da. And when did it happen? Did, oh no, I didn't want to ask that. I didn't ask that. Mm. Because that'd be really personal. I if that had been a girl, mm. she would have had the next 10 questions well, answered. Well, I, 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 think, I think this is a whole other podcast. Yeah, let's do it. The way men talk to the each other. The way men talk to each other. Or, and, and why men are really are quite. I think men are very lonely. I think. All men are very lonely. The interesting thing for me is you can be in a football oh. crowd. You can be, whenever I look at a football crowd, I used to go with my sponsor up to Crystal Palace. There's a lot of lonely men in a very con contained yeah, screaming place. Their screaming their heads out, wanting to belong. And, you know, I think that's why sport is a big unifying factor for men. Mm. And I miss that. I get a bit tearful about it. I do, I, do, I do think, and I feel very, I do feel very lonely. So we should talk about that on another one. No, no, no. No, here, let me give you a hug. <laughs> oh, God. But listen, <laughs> why don't we do... Can I rest my head on you? Like <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. Why don't we do Men in Loneliness as a, on our mental health vlog wellness bit on Maybe. YouTube? Not vlog, but um, on YouTube. Maybe we should do a mental Leave health podcast. Leave your comments podcast. below. No, not about men and loneliness. I mean, not a lot of men listen to this podcast most of you are women out there so those, yeah. maybe maybe if you've got a man that you think is just struggling a bit because mark the way mark mark talks so articulately and so eloquently about all of okay. this you do but anyway for those of you listening Lovely. my nose has now reached the floor yeah it's enormous it's almost pendulous could it almost could it almost fit now with your scrotum yeah probably i could graft it on look at the way it wobbles i love you i've got to get an old man's nose i love you and you're a wonderful yeah. husband mm. and you're a wonderful dad well, so are you it's just okay. sometimes you're really bloody annoying so are you <laughs>